Well, today is a day, I think, of celebration. It's a day to where we get to talk about what God's been doing in the heart and life of our church. If you're new here, let me kind of fill you in. 20 years ago, our church, actually 21 years ago, our church purchased 28.8 acres of land on the corner of what was Main Street and Kirby Road at the time. A few years later, our city and the government, state leaders put in President George Bush Tollway, and so now it sits on the corner of PGBT and Main Street. I mean, the perfect location in the city of Rowlett, and God gave us that land. We got it at a great discount, and we have been moving and working to get relocated. And today, we're going to kind of give you an update on a lot of that. We shared plans with you about three years ago about what we think that building's going to look like, how God's going to use it, and just the placement of it and the majesty that, that I believe God wants to do through us to where we can go from where we are to fulfill the vision that God has given us for the church. And today's an update on a lot of that and a celebration of how God's been moving and working and changing hearts and lives within our church. And so if you have your Bible, we're going to be in Psalm 112. And I love how it starts. It starts off and it just says, praise the Lord. I mean, I think that's fitting for any of us who are in Christ Jesus. And every day that we wake up is a new day and a new reason to say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. I love that thought that the idea that we get to delight in the Word of God, who fears God and delights in His commandments. We are greatly blessed just to know that we can know Him and walk in His ways. And I just want you to understand this. A man or woman who walks in the ways of God, who follows the commandments and the teachings of God, lives a blessed life. And in following God, we're free from regrets and remorse. And walking with God, we have the idea of trust and faithfulness and confidence that he's in control. Blessed is the man who delights in the, the teachings of God's word. Verse 3 says, Wealth and riches are in his house, and righteousness, his righteousness, endures forever. Light dawns in the darkness of the upright. He is gracious, merciful, and righteous. The characteristic of a man or woman who walks in the will of God, he is gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with the man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affair with justice. For the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid until he looks in triumph over his adversaries. He is disturbed freely. He is distributed freely. I know I read it wrong. Disturbed, distributed. Look, English is harder than it may seem. He is given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn is exalted in honor. Verse 10. The wicked man sees it and he is angry. He gnashes his teeth and melts away. The desires of the wicked will perish. Whenever we look at our text, there's just such great blessing and walking in obedience. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. You know, when we fear God, we find great delight in his commandments. 
The Word of God has often been described, as the psalm says, as a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. His commandments teach us how to move and work. He gives instruction to us, and for us, there is blessing in obedience because obedience is not just knowing the Word of God, but following God with great delight. And as we hear and we see and we read the Word of God, we know that He leads us and guides us and directs us through His Word, and He leads us and He guides us through His Spirit. And I don't know this, I don't know if you're fully aware, but God's blessing and His leadership is paying off within the heart and lives of our church because you are making a difference. I want you to watch the testimony of a few people and just kind of how the, the way that our church is responding to them is impacting lives. Watch this video, please. I'm Mary. Tracy. Blevins. <laughs> My name is Aaron Thomas. My name is Tiffany Thomas. Hi, our name is Andy and Catherine Lawrence. When we, we first pulled up, we had looked at the church online just to kind of get a feel for for where we were headed. Decided to come to the 11 o'clock service, so we came in and uh, uh, immediately when we came from the parking lot, came into the entrance, greeted, and uh, we found out it was very friendly. People just kept coming up, shaking hands and greeting us, and we went in and really enjoyed the sermon. We probably decided to visit here because we've been, when we came down here from Moore, we were part of First Baptist Church of Moore. This was kind of the first place we looked because we've pretty much been First Baptist members for, I guess, our pretty much lives. our whole life. So <laughs> this was the first, obviously, the first place we kind of looked at. Um, we loved the first time we came to the church. It was kind of just very natural, and everyone was so nice, and they greeted us, but it wasn't overwhelming either. It was really chill, I guess. Like We came and, and really liked the atmosphere and really liked the people. And then we just kept coming back, and after that, we were sold. I mean, that's we never really had a second thought about it. The first time I came to the church, we were looking for a new church home. We were trying to find something close to our home to kind of be more a part of the community. And um, Annie had to work quite a bit of Sundays when he was working as a respiratory therapist. So I was just kind of going out and looking at different churches. So we decided, I decided to come and visit. And I remember that first day very vividly because I was sitting, I went to the early service. I didn't know the different services. And so I was sitting in the early service. But you, Cole, came up to me directly afterwards and introduced yourself to me. And I thought that was just awesome that you actually took the time to do that. So very impactful memory. We, we decided to join the church because as we, we came in um, and visited for, for several months before we made that decision to join, we were very impressed with, uh, with it just felt like a family. Yes, in, in first joining the church, I decided to, I was baptized as a child because I was raised Catholic. And I decided to be baptized uh, with, uh, you know, going, being dunked under the water. <laughs> and uh, that was that was big for me. Being here at this church with this congregation, um, to me, is uh, all engaging. Uh, people here are for real. They're they're not uh, there's they're not trying to impress me, and that impresses me. <laughs> well, after coming for several months, uh, we just felt that everyone was very accepting, very open. 
uh, very friendly, and uh, we just kind of felt like we were automatically included and pulled in. Well, I think we had been talking about it for a little bit because we knew we wanted to be a part of a church home. And um, I think I, I think I remember asking Andy first, hey, I think I'm ready. I think we should join. And, and there really wasn't much of a discussion. He just said, yeah, I think it's time to do that. And um, again, we had already gotten connected through the connect groups and just really felt a part of the church. And it was just time to join. Felt God had led us here. You know, me, there's great blessing in knowing how God is getting people connected to the heart and life of our church. If you didn't catch it, they all talked about how they had warm and friendly feelings when they came in, that they were welcomed and received. That's you. That's the church family. That's the people who hear the call of God to volunteer to give of their time and their talents and their smiles for the glory of God. And as people come in, they see the love of Christ through someone opening a door saying, hello, we're glad you're here, smiling, waving, and maybe giving a hug or a handshake or a fist bump or maybe one of those awkward waves because we don't know what to do in COVID now. But it's the obedience of people following the call and answering that. And here's what I know about the blessing of obedience. Obedience blesses generations of descendants. This is what our, talk, our text talks about is how generations are blessed because of obedience. Whenever we think about the land that was purchased 21 years ago, there was an obedience to buy a chunk of land off Kirby Road, right? Not a whole lot was going on back then. And then the high schools build and President George Bush comes through and we see this. And I want you to understand that where we are as a church is one that's not just going to reach the people of today, but the generations of tomorrow. And when we invest in greater things in our relocation effort, it's not about just today. It's about a generational impact that you can be a part of God moving and working within the hearts and lives well beyond our lifetime, well beyond our time in the city of Rowlett. And as you think through that, I cannot wait for that building to be built, to be constructed, because I know what high school parents think. Most of them think, I don't know how to get through to my child. I can't believe my child's making this decision or that decision. I just wish I knew answers. And as they're dropping their child off and they're going back home, they will be forced to see a beacon of hope called First Baptist Rowlett. And I cannot wait to see the impact we're going to have in that. But it's not just about the students. It's also about the children that are coming up behind them. Right now, we have done absolutely everything we know to do with our building, but when we relocate, the children's ministry is going to be able to more than triple in size. Did you realize that? The way that building's laid out and configured, even though we're not getting a whole lot more square feet, it's going to be so much more useful. And then whenever we fill it all out, we're going to be able to double that building as well. And I love some of the designs that we have, but if I'm being honest, I like the designs that the children came up with better. Uh, some of them decided that we needed a putt-putt course in the middle of the church. Any of y'all down for that? I mean, sounds fun to me. We're kind of in the end of the heat of summer, but somebody wanted a pool. I'm down for that too. You know what? Whenever we talk about Sunday, it's fun day at First Baptist Rowlett, and we want to create an environment to where children drag their parents to church and we've been able to do that. And if we have to add a zip line like one child wanted with an ice cream stand below it, like count me in. But the blessing that we have of obedience is that we get to impact generations through our, obe our obedience. But there's a blessing also seen as we look at verse 4, going back to our text in Psalm 112, 
Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious and merciful and righteous. It is well with the man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affair with justice, for the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. Generosity is something that is of God, from God, for God. I don't know if you've caught this or not, but generosity is a godly virtue. I want you to remember the words of Romans 8.32, which says, He who did not spare, he who was not greedy, he who did not withhold his own son, he who did not, with, who did not spare his own son, but gave him freely up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Our God is a God of generosity. The reason that we have salvation is because our God is generous. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God's life was not taken. Jesus' life was not taken. He gave it up for us. He offered himself as a sacrifice. He gave up himself so that whosoever believe in the name of Jesus shall not perish but have everlasting life. Our God is a God of generosity, and generosity is a godly virtue. And we should praise God because we are greatly blessed to be a part of a generous church. I often look back at where this church was almost seven years ago. I remember my first Monday in the office, I got a balance sheet of where we were as a church, and it was one of the scariest professional workday moments I've ever had in my life. I got it, we had $1,200 in the bank. If you've heard me tell this story before, you know my first thought was I had bankrupted my family, I have no idea what I was thinking when I came here, and God just kind of gave me a piece. We ended 2014 with that number right there, $1,242.91 in our general bank account. Isn't that crazy? A church, First Baptist Rowlett, no money at all, hardly. In 2014, our total general giving was $641,000, I don't want to uh, skimp the church during that time, right? We are just kind of looking at some numbers this week. Through July... We've already received $652,929. We are on track to have the most generous year, the greatest financial blessing of any year in the history of our church. Isn't that amazing what God's doing? And three years ago, yeah, praise God for that. Two and a half years ago, we did this, almost three years ago, this capital campaign called Greater Things, and we shared the vision of a new land. We shared the pictures and what we thought God was leading us to build, and we asked every family who went to one of these dinners and had one of these informational meetings to just take the information and pray and ask this simple prayer, Lord, how do you want me to participate in greater things? How do you want me to participate in this relocation effort? And at that time, we had 172 families who pledged $2,239,000 to this capital campaign. I'm pleased to tell you that of those 172 families, 64 families have already met their pledge. Of those 64, 40 families have exceeded that pledge. In addition to that, we have 61 families who have mostly fulfilled their pledge, 34 who have partially fulfilled that pledge, 13 don't have any progress 
but 252 families have given without making a pledge. Isn't that awesome that God has been bringing people in and we're able to exceed the pledge amounts because people are generous. If you're doing the math, I'll help you with it. We've had 424 families involved in our Greater Things relocation effort. Given to date, as we're filling out these numbers, I think Tuesday, Wednesday, we had received 1755000 almost $176,000, or $1,756,000 in this, meaning that 78% of our pledges had come in. But I have great news. For today, some people have been made a gift and kind of withhold it. We had three families who have been waiting for this day. They knew we were going to have a, a Greater Things update, and they wanted to make contributions and pledges to this. Three families just starting out, and we've asked everybody to think about it, pray about it. What do you want to do today? But three families gave $116,798 for our Greater Things relocation today. The math of all that means that to date, we have received in our pledges and contributions $1,981,000, or 88.5% of our pledges. Isn't that incredible? We're 11.5% away from fulfilling all of our pledges to greater things because our people are generous, and generosity is a godly virtue. One of the things that you don't know or maybe don't know is that we moved some of our funds around about three, four years ago into interest-bearing accounts. We had these money and savings, and so we decided, all right, we're going to put it into interest-bearing accounts. Since we've done that, we've raised over $90,000. We have been putting money in our relocation account and our budget, budget giving, and in that we've raised over $624,000, meaning that in our relocation account today, we have over $3.1 million. Isn't God great? Isn't the generosity of our church great? You know, here's something that's factual about generosity. Generosity brings joy. It brings joy to the giver, and it brings joy to the receiver. Have y'all ever been in the grocery store line, and you're with a child or a grandchild or maybe a friend's child, and they're like, hey, I want the Snicker bar, I want the Skittles, I want the Twix, and they're creating a scene, and you're like, you know what, if you're the parent, you're like, no, I'm not going to get it, but if you're the grandparent, you're like, fine. You get whatever you want, I'll give you all the sugar you want, I'm going to drop you off at your parents' house, you can, they can deal with you, I don't care, right? Well, have you ever noticed the joy in the child's face whenever they are offered and given that treat they want? You know the joy you have as, as the adult and the joy they have as a child? There is joy in generosity. And as you think through all of this, I just want us to look at verse 6 real quick. We're going to read 6 through 10 as we talk about the blessing in steadiness. There's a blessing in steadiness. It says this, for the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news. How many of y'all have experienced bad news? The Bible tells us that the righteous will never be moved and the righteous are not afraid of bad news. You want to know why? Because the righteous walk in faith and trust in God, not fear of what could happen, but faith that God's in control regardless of what happens. His heart is steady. He will never be afraid until he looks in triumph on his adversaries. Throughout COVID, we've seen a lot of things happen. In fact, we've seen church members who've been rocked by COVID. 
We saw somebody pass away a couple weeks ago because of COVID, and we've seen other people just kind of not know how to move and operate, not how to deal with the new norm. And if you're curious what the new norm is, in my opinion, as a non-medical expert, the new norm is that COVID is here. And you've got to decide if you're going to live under a rock or you're going to decide if you're going to live with COVID, and you've got to figure it out because it's not going away. We've seen new variants, and so you've got to figure out how you're going to live life, how you're going to do it safe, how you're going to do it in a way that you're comfortable. But here's what I'm going to tell you. Satan wants to keep you from church. Don't let him win. He wants to keep you away from it. He wants to get you disconnected from others. Don't let him win. What Satan would love nothing more is for you to have something that's not essential to your faith and try and make it essential like If you love Jesus, you'll get a COVID vaccine. Or if you love Jesus, you won't give one. Can I tell you, none of that has anything to do with Jesus. Follow God and love your neighbors to the best of your ability. Don't mandate what you think they should or shouldn't do. Jesus is calling us together and our enemy wants to divide us. Don't let it happen. In our faith, we will walk in righteousness and we will never be moved. I want you to hear how God has been moving in times of tribulant times in our society. Just listen to the testimony of some of our members. Well, the last 18 months have been so much different than we would have planned. When I was at work and I got COVID and I was sick and in the hospital, um, we were talking about this the other day, that the last 18 months we could not have scripted it and we couldn't be where we are today without it. I was able to regain my strength Uh, all the nursing homes had shut down and my father was in an assisted living facility and he was confined to his room and he was over 100 years old. So it enabled us to be able to take him from that facility and bring him into our home and he lived with us for nine months before he passed. And before he did pass, he also joined the church. I think the church helps you during seasons like COVID, just, you know, I mean, just the community of it, just... Being able to, I guess if you needed to talk to someone, you could go in there and call someone from the church, talk to them, or just the relationships that you build uh, in your connect groups or even in your go groups if you're a part of that. God's done a lot in our life since we've joined this church. Um, Allowed us to become more of a family member. uh, Allows us to participate um, where previously we probably just didn't participate. And we just felt more comfortable being able to volunteer and, and uh, participate and, and join in the services and stuff. Uh, been able to kind of let go and be myself here and get to know a lot of people. Yeah. And um, I'm just enjoying the comfort of being here and looking forward to the future. Uh, one of the big things is I'm able to give back here. And that means a lot to me to be able to get engaged with other people. Uh, or just like the people around me here at church. Um, You know, I get to talk to new people who sit uh, in the pew in front of me and get to meet them, and and they're just genuine like the rest of this church. We like being a part of Connect Groups because it's a time where you can kind of just be with other believers and do life together, and also, you know, in that setting, you can relate the Word to everyday life. We keep coming back just because, I mean, it's kind of the the homey feel. It's kind of getting together with a group of people and just living life and getting into the Word a little bit more than just, you know, sitting in the service. So I really like trying to just come into connect group, meeting with people and discussing life and, and just kind of diving deeper into God's Word. 
Being part of a connect group has been incredibly great. Um, there was a lot of um, life events that we had occur over the past year, including Andy being sick with COVID in the hospital, um, my father-in-law come to live with us and then passing away. And the connect group was always there to support us. And just there, they I knew they were there for anything I needed them to be. And it's just been great to be able to be a part of a Christian-believing community. It's also an opportunity to uh, strengthen your relationship with other Christian couples as well as just Christian men that I don't normally get an opportunity during the week. But uh, I know when I come here that I'm going to see men who are friends who care about me and I care about them and I look forward to developing those relationships over time. That getting engaged with the people that are here is such a delight, such a pleasure. Uh, it's a joy to get up on a Sunday morning and rush here to church. We look forward to it every Sunday, even if we're getting up kind of late. It's like, we got to get there because we're so anxious to be with the people who are like-minded as, as we are and to learn about the Bible and uh, learn about Jesus in our lives and uh, how, we're, how we should be. And it's, um, I would say, there is not a more comfortable place that I've been in many, many years. As we go back to the text real quick, it says, for the righteous will never be moved. The righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news, and his heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. For the righteous, we trust in God even when things don't make sense in our minds, because steadiness is found in confidence and trust in God. It's not found in confidence and trust in a pastor, confidence and trust in a connect group leader. It's not found in confidence and trust in our experiences or our finances. Confidence and trust, steadiness is found in the person and work of God. Our whole relocation effort has been centered around this verse that we believe is fully true. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. Now to him who is able... Not to us who is able, not our resources, not our experience who is able, but to him who is able. And so when we have bad news, we're going to deal with it and we're going to continue to trust God. People have been asking, okay, where are we in the relocation effort? We know that on July 25th, we voted again uh, to finalize and formalize the contract that we currently have on our facility uh, on 4309 Main Street, we started this process called an SUP. It's a special use permit. It's a zoning overlay, which acts like a zoning change to land that's already zoned for urban development, which is where we are right now, the sale of this building. People are asking the legal stuff behind it. Uh, we're not going to get into that. All we're going to say is we're in the middle of the SUP process. So we've hired architects who specialize in this, professional consultants for urban development, We've hired engineers and a law firm who's representing us to where in two months, we're going to be able to take our SUP application, everything exactly according to city standards in which they want and present it to them. We've been assured that city staff is going to firmly approve everything. There's no question about it because we fall in line. And within three to four months, it's going to find its way before city council, and they're going to have to make a decision. Are we going to follow by our own rules, or are we going to vote against it? And we don't know how they're going to vote, just to be honest with you, but we do know this. 
that we're going to trust in God with whatever the results are. Because steadiness in God establishes a powerful testimony. If things don't go our way, we're not going to throw our hands up in the air and be like, why did this happen? This isn't what we're praying for. This isn't what we're asking for. We're going to live out Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. So we trust in God. We will stand firm in God because God did not give us that 28.8 acres of land for it to sit there in a valley and a hill with nothing on it for life to come. It will happen. We just have to have confidence and faith in Jesus. He will do it his way in his timing, regardless of how frustrated I get in the process. <laughs> so we're here. And the question is, what are we, how are we involved? What do we, what do we do? Like, what are steps that we take now? How can we be greater, great, more greatly involved in greater things? How can we experience greater blessing in our life? Well, what I want to do is I want to challenge you the same challenge that we had three years ago. Number one, sincerely seek the will of God. What that might mean is that you take a pledge card and you look at it and say, you know, what? I've never made a pledge, but I'm going to make a pledge. You might make a pledge for the final six months of it. You might look at it and say, you know what? This was a three-year thing. I never made a pledge. I'm going to do it right now. For you, it might be God telling you, you know what? What I need from you is not just your treasure. I don't just need your money. I need you to step up. It's time for you to work in the preschool, in the children's area, in the adult ministry. It's time for you to be a greeter, maybe work in the sound booth, maybe be a part of our AVL team. You need to sincerely seek the will of God. And as you do this, I just want you to hear how some of our members got involved in greater things. Watch this final video, please. Um, we decided to be a part of greater things because we want to ad help advance the kingdom of God. You know, we want to help our church grow, um, you know, both physically and, you know, members and actually grow spiritually and the relocation effort is the right way to do that. The, the excitement of a brand new campus that's at a location that's right off of 190 in the high school that has such high visibility and the opportunities that the new building would bring uh, and the people that it would attract, I think we would see an explosive growth in our church membership. We're moving over next to a high school and you know it's going to just be Getting all those kids coming out of just everyday life, school, sports. Anytime they're up at the school, you know, they're going to look over there and say, hey, what, wonder what that place is, or, or, you know, what are they doing over there? Well, the Greater thing, Things campaign to me is uh, really a necessity. Um, uh, this church, this building is so cozy and nice. Um, but I know that we need extra space, more space that we have. I mean, everyone here does a great job with the space that we have. Uh, I'm amazed at what you do with the space. But if we have more space, we can do more things. We can think of better things to do and how to do it better, period. Um, I just think it's, it's absolutely a necessity and we're behind it. Yeah, I think it's great uh, to be able to expand and to, to be able to increase your capacity and capabilities of helping others. And yeah, I'd like to add, I'm really excited about it too. I mean, being able to be a part of a community that's right across from the high school. And for me personally, being able to reach out to high school girls. 
because I know that is such a difficult time while they're growing up and just to be a place for them to be supportive and a safe place for to harbor them I'm looking forward to that. I think one of the most several reasons really for, for contributing to the to the project was that for a part of the church body we want to be a part of the growth of that body and take responsibility for that and by being able to, to give to the program we feel like you know we're uh, we're invested in it and we want to see it succeed and we want to see it take off and grow. I think there was, it was never a question for us it was always not if we were going to be a part of it but how much we could give and just making sure that we, you know, prayerfully thought about it and really looked at what we could do and who wouldn't want to be a part of this. We are happy, cheerful, joyful givers. Um, we learned a long time ago that um, it's, it's just, um, it's such a blessing to be able to give and then to engage in giving. There's a, there's a true joy. Anyhow, you don't see what that giving does. It doesn't matter if it's being, it, it's your time or money uh, or your talents. There's a certain joy in that going away from you and going to someone else and helping them. And you, you do see the end result of that in small ways and big ways as well. Yeah, I think uh, that I would encourage anyone that if they're going to come to the church, if they decide they want to join, they want to be a part of this, that, you know, this is just an extension of that. It's We, we want to see the church to grow. We want to see uh, the church membership grow. We want to see more kids. We want to see more programs. And to do that, we're going to need a new place. Uh, there are limitations here. And we've got that property over there. It's in a prime location. And just being a part of it and jumping in to helping it grow and, and push it along, I think, is, is, as Catherine mentioned, just a great opportunity. And we don't get those too often. So as you seek the will of God, you've got to sincerely surrender to the will of God. And what that means is you start by saying, Lord, you have my yes. What is it that you want me to do? You want me to find a new place of service? You want me to use my talents, my treasure, my time for you? The answer is yes. How do you want me to do that? I will say yes to whatever you're leading me to do. And then finally, the third step, if you want to be a part of the work of God, is you've just got to start. You've got to take that first step. Oftentimes, the hardest thing for somebody to do in getting involved is taking the first step. Just start. And as you start, you might be like, I'm not gifted in this. I don't know how I have the resources. Maybe I'm not talented. I don't know where I'm going to find the time. But whenever you say, Lord, my answer is yes. He calls you and you decide to do it. The only thing you have to have left to do is to trust in God for greater things in your life.